You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Performance Group Podcast. My name is Sean Kirby, and on today's episode of the Performance Group Podcast, I'm joined by the one, the only, Mr. Rashad Barksdale. Appreciate you. Appreciate um, Rashad is the owner-operator of Mind Over Matter Management. He is a former NFL cornerback, and he is my best friend, and um, I made him get a bunch of tattoos. You did. Um, all because of a fake tattoo. A fake tattoo. I think I have about seven. Look at what I did to you. Yeah. I turned you into a degenerate. <laughs> Thinking about getting one more, too. Uh, how much um, How much money do you have in those tattoos because of me? A lot. Um, Sorry about that. Sorry, Blair. It's about 500 uh, a piece, so. Sue, shoo, wee. Yeah. They are there forever, so you don't want to get, like, the $25 tattoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You get what you pay for most They're of the time? They're meaningful tattoos, though. So if I'm going to put sound on my body, it's going to mean, it has to mean something. Absolutely. Family members, just whatever. Yeah. My name? Not, the, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that. Maybe after the podcast, I can talk you into getting our logo on you. Get the M's. Mind yeah. over matter. Uh, right on your chest. Like you're always wearing a t-shirt. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> have you, um, you don't have, a, do you have a back tattoo? No. Are you planning on getting a back tattoo? No. So no back tattoo because... What's the point of putting something on your body if you can't see it? Okay, I agree with that. So my favorite slash least favorite back tattoo anyone can ever get is the jersey tattoo where they get their own name across their shoulder blades. So I know someone who has has that. And I always think it's so interesting because it's it's a perpetual jersey. Yeah. (laughs) I know someone who has that. Do Do you think it's a cool tattoo? I don't know. I just wouldn't... I don't. I wouldn't put anything on my back that I can't see. Yeah. So I mean, it's like you walking around with a sign that says "Kick me." That yeah. You don't know it. The Steve-O back tattoo yeah. with the double thumbs up. Yeah. So no back tattoos. Everything I have, I have to see. Yeah, I get that. It, it's you do it for yourself. Yep. You don't do it to name yourself on <laughs> yeah. the back. Yeah. Yeah. That's my one tattoo that I'm always like. You made that decision kind of early. Yeah. I almost made some uh, early decisions about a tattoo. I'm glad I didn't do that. Last thing you need to do is live with regret. Yep. All right, Rashad. So Rashad is a uh, a local business owner. Um, he is a father to three. 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 Uh, his wife is a local coach uh, for the volleyball team, Blair. And um, pretty much Rashad is a mystery man to me. I know what he does sometimes, but it changes often. And then he's always very busy, not only with kids, but with business, um, with things outside of business, uh, CrossFit. And it's, yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation so I can learn more about you. Yeah. So before we start, I'd like to kind of uh, take it back because obviously 
You're not from the area. Correct. Um, you're from New York, right? Yep, upstate New York, Hudson. Hudson. So, um, grew up there, born there, raised there? Yep, born and raised Hudson, New York. I actually, well, born in Catskill, which is roughly like comparison to LaPel or Anderson and Pendleton. Mm-hmm. So, pretty pretty close. Um, moved right over to Hudson right after that, only because I think there was, I don't know if there was a hospital in Hudson or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, born and raised in that area. So, um, all the way through high school? All the way through high school, um, graduated from high school, 2002. Yeah. Went on to go to Hudson Valley Community College, which is roughly 30, 40 minutes from me in Troy, New York. Went there for two and a half years, then transferred to University at Albany, which is also, it's right around the corner from my house. Far enough, but close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom was happy you stayed close? Yeah. I think I was happy. I think... It was a good decision. I was either going to go to, I almost went to Newberry College, which was in Myrtle Beach. Oh, that would have been uh, nice. To play baseball, but the out-of-state tuition was just too much. So Absolutely. It it worked out. So you actually went to school to play baseball? Yep, baseball. Baseball was, uh, played baseball and football and basketball in high school. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I went to school for baseball. That was uh, my sport. I loved baseball. You still love baseball? Uh, Not so much. I haven't played it in a while. I don't really watch it. Yeah. Uh, outside looking in now, that I see how kind of it gets. It's kind of kind of boring. It is kind of boring to watch. Yeah, uh, it's totally different, obviously, when you're playing. But yeah, I don't really too. I don't follow baseball too much. So, grew up playing baseball, basketball. Always good at sports, or is that something that came you know yeah. as you matured? No, I think I was always good in sports. Not to toot my own horn. It's just it was a natural thing. Uh, I even played soccer for. One year, uh-huh. I think seventh grade, because we didn't have football, and you know all they did was kick the ball, and I would outrun everyone and score type of thing. Couldn't really dribble too much, but yeah, kick it straight and run fast. Yeah, but uh, sports, yeah, it's always it's always active, you know, and like I said, it just kind of came natural. Yeah. So, um, what are some of the biggest lessons you felt like you learned from high school sports, especially since obviously you played then at the next level? Uh, that's a really good question. So, uh, I went to a small school small school where I was always, you know, one of the two of the best players on the field. Um, Never really came off the the football field. Um, Always played, you know, I was on varsity since 10th grade for baseball, basketball. Uh, I played only two years, really only one because I had knee surgery, but I was still on the team. But, man, I would think the the biggest lesson throughout high school that I learned – and, you know, I had some great coaches who, who really pushed me. Uh, that's a really good question because I never really thought about that. Um, man. What are some of the things that you now, as a coach, um, hear yourself say that you were told when you were growing up? Because I feel like that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things is uh, push through. Push through it. You know, it, it, it's hard. It sucks. But push through. Uh, I hate it running. We would, after every game, well, the following week on Monday, depending on, we would run 50 yards, like you have to sprint and then jog back, but for X amount of minutes, like 20, 30 minutes. Oh, my goodness. That was rough. It was really rough. Um, Defensively, no matter how many points we gave up, we would have to do up-downs. 
potentially now you, you really call them like burpees. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that was our incentive to not get scored on type thing. But yeah, just push through, um, run through, run through the line type thing. Um, one thing that it was my professional day that was said a lot that I say a lot to the kids now is we always, you always want to run to, you know, one drill to another, or, you know, you're taught to never the walk to walk on the football field. Um, one of my DB coaches would say, you know, they'll walk if you let them type thing. So that what that meant was you see players running. I mean, walking, they're going to keep walking if you don't say anything. Yeah. So I always tell kids, hey, if, walk off the field. I mean, run off the field, even as a jog, like pretend you're doing something. Give me a little bit of something. You know, don't walk off the field type thing and don't stop until you get off the field because kids will run and then they'll stop right there. So, yeah, those, those are the kind of things that I really, I really preach. Yeah. It's um, those translate well to life. Don't stop before you get there. Mm-hmm. Push through the line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about it. I mean, growing up, I'm I'm such a stubborn person. Like, even to this day, I think, well, kind of go back to your question you asked about high school. Um, I never start anything that – I never start anything that I won't finish. Like, I'm I'm always going to finish. I'll – you can even go back from, you know, I'm, I'm walking and I'm just throwing rocks and I'm trying to hit something. I would literally stay there until I hit it. <laughs> like that's just that's just how I'm wired, or I'm so wired to like compete even at anything. Where I still do this to this day. Um, if I go to a gym and it has a sauna in it, and I walk in, let's say you're in the sauna already, I won't get out until you get out. You were already in there before me. I can't get out before you because that's just. Yeah, you're battling. Yeah, so I was literally sitting there like, like, man, this dude's got – hurry up. And then once you stand up and walk, I'm right behind you. Yep. I'll <laughs> follow you, sir, out the door. <laughs> so, yeah. But I will be behind you, and exactly. you will go first. Yep, exactly. So, I think competition is one of those things that, especially um, in adult life, you lose. Mm-hmm. Um, is that why you think you fell into CrossFit and you like it so much is you still feel like you're kind of competing? Yeah, um, you know, one of the big one of the big things I told myself after playing football, well, while I was playing football, was once I'm done playing football, I'm gonna eat, drink, you know, whatever I want, you know, when you know, whatever I want and whenever I want. Uh, I did that and I blew up. I think that I almost got to like two fifty. Chewie, yeah, you got like, pics on your IG <laughs> of that man. <laughs> and my uh, before my and after weight, body. My playing weight was about 200 pounds. Um, I was a bigger defensive back than your normal guys back in the day. And we would have to get weighed in every Friday. Kind of like, I'm sure, you know, wrestling or whatnot. Yep. Um, you have to, yeah, I had to cut weight just to make weight. You know, Thursday, I didn't, after practice, I didn't drink, eat anything. And if I was hungry, I was just eating little ketchup packets or <laughs> just to make weight because... Yeah. You know, I'm still, you know, I don't say fruit. I'm smart with my money, not frugal, cheap, whatever. But you would, they would find you a thousand dollars per pound. Nope. That you were overweight. Ouch. So there's no way I'm not giving you a thousand dollars because I weighed two hundred five. Yeah. Five thousand dollars. 
So, yeah, I didn't eat, drink, anything until Friday after weighing. I was always weighing right at 199 or 200. Right on the line. Right on the line. So, after playing football, I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Did it. Felt bad or, like, you know, had to unbuckle my pants type of thing at the, at the table. <laughs> had to buy new pants yeah. and got to 250. <laughs> Some sweatpants. And I felt, uh, I did CrossFit. I did CrossFit a little bit while I was playing football. And I would always buy the Groupon, you know, $99 a month. Yeah, you ain't paying full then, price for nothing. Yeah, so once it finished, I was done. I was like, I'm not going. Like, it's expensive. And eventually I was like, I, I, I ran into Jay. Sarah, his wife, was coaching with Blair at the time. She's like, you should come to the gym, check it out. I was like, ah, dude, I've done it before. You CrossFitters are crazy. Like, you guys do too much. And Literally. Just went there and really started, you know, falling in love with the process, seeing the results, and, you know, being committed to it. So, yeah, I mean, to this day, I still do CrossFit. I wouldn't say the intensity is the same as, you know, you have the beginners. You could tell the people who just started CrossFit and then the ones who've been doing it for a while, the ones who just started are like, you know, they're ready. They're like so excited. And then the ones who've done it for years, they know what to expect. It, it doesn't get any easier. No, it, that's the worst yeah. part. I dropped in probably two months ago and I didn't yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll do these at home alone and, at my pace. Yeah, and the thing about, I tell people all the thing about all the time about CrossFit, it's probably one of the hardest sports ever. To me, um, even outside of professional football, because it's it's so mentally tough. I mean, you got to have a good mindset to anything you're doing, work related, life, sports. But with CrossFit, man, it man, it, it's tough. It's it's not always physically tough. It's more than the, it's more the mental yeah. thing to me. So, yeah, you know, it's one of those sports. I think even the better the better you get, the harder it gets. Because your pace, yeah, goes a lot faster. Yep, you're pushing yourself. Weight goes up. Yep, it never stops. It doesn't. <laughs> no, it never stops. So um, I, we we briefly touched on it, and I don't think we got to this part yet in the conversation. So obviously, you did play professional football. Yep. But how did you? I mean, you went to school, play baseball. Mm-hmm. How'd you end up in the league? Yeah, it was just kind of one of the things that happened, man. Uh, no, that's not one of those things that happened. I want you to know that that's not just like somebody doesn't go, yeah, I was playing baseball, and then they asked me to try out. So, you know, I played professional football. (laughs) That's not something that just happens. So, I was supposed to get drafted. So, football was my better sport in high school. Okay. Much better football player. Baseball, I had more fun. Um, I just followed my heart. Um, Wasn't by any means a bad baseball player, I was a pretty good baseball player. I was supposed to get drafted out of high school, almost got drafted. Um, they said I need a little bit more development. So went to junior college because my grades weren't weren't the best. Went to G, uh, junior college, kind of had the same thing. Hey, I need need a little bit more development. Went to Albany. And my senior year, I was getting scouted pretty good by the Reds. Um, started off the season slow, kind of, you know, did, did all right. Middle of the season and kind of had a bad – a little bad, uh, I guess you would say, like, I don't know, a few weeks. Yeah, where I was kinda bad like, stretch. Yeah, really bad stretch. I uh, lost my starting spot for a freshman. Um, and I, I I won it back. We ended up going to the our uh, championships, and I think we, we lost. Ah, yeah, we lost to Vermont. But um, 
didn't nothing happened baseball wise, and I started to go the. I'm trying not to remember what it's called. Um, it's not the minor league. It's like um, I can't even recall what it what it is. It's different. Independent ball. Yeah. Independent ball. And they're all, we all like you, but we don't have room for you. I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So eventually I was just like, I'm done. Like, this is it's mentally draining. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I had a lot of um, friends on the football team as well. Actually, my my baseball teammate was on the football team. Oh, he played both? He played both. And uh, Dave West, I always tell him I'm giving him a shout-out because I, I owe him so much because he he's the reason – why I played football. Um, him and I, he's and he's the freshman who stole my spot. No way. Yeah. Um, him and I would go back and forth, like, who's the better athlete? And I, I told him, I was like, listen, I, I can play football if I wanted to. I just choose not to uh, because I don't like being cold. That's really the reason why I didn't go to school. <laughs> I didn't play football in school because yeah. I hated practicing in the cold. Yeah, New York and, yeah, is a then, different kind of cold, yeah. though. And then at and, you know, jokes on me, I'm playing baseball in upstate New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, he, he was like, man, you can't play football. I was like, all right, like, I guarantee you I can. Went home one day, brought back um, the VHS the VHS tape back to school, popped it in, showed uh-huh. him. He's like, all right, you, you may can do something. And I was like, I was like, maybe I'll try out for the team. He's like, you won't try out for the team. I was like, all right, we'll see. And... I remember this whole story like it was yesterday because I would drive. I was I was working on campus doing like maintenance, and at the time the football team was practicing. I would drive by football practice maybe twice a day, just kind of looking like starting to think because I at this point I I stopped playing baseball. Right, so right now you got to think about it from eighth grade, well from eight years old up until twenty years old. I've always played sports. Yeah. So I haven't right now I'm not their sports are done with me. Like I'm done. Now I'm just working maintenance. So I drive by and then one day I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I called the coach, the head coach, who recruited me out of high school for football. Like I said, I didn't want to play. And I call him and I hang up like as if, you know, you're calling a girl and you're like you get nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I did it twice. Did it twice. And then the third time, I eventually left him a voicemail. He called me back and he said, you know, come out. You know, because at this time, they were just doing, like, their their um, summer workouts. Yeah. Went out, and I told him I wanted to play running back. Running back was my spot. That was what I was really good at. He said, we have two seniors there. We'll put you at defensive back. I said, okay, I've played safety in high school. So I, I get the game. And every since, you know, right then and there, uh, I started, I was fifth on the depth chart, fifth on the depth chart. And I gradually worked my way up to the starting position. I uh, started first game of the year all the way up until the last game of the year. And like I said, it was just one of those things that really happened. It was, you know, I, I have Dave West, my friend to thank, for challenging me, it, it became, a, it was really a bet. Yeah. That's really the reason why I went out for football. And then I had two other teammates, Jacob Hobbs and um, Andre Coleman, 
who were offensive linemen and defense linemen who were getting looked at. They were getting looked at. So if it wasn't for them, I'm not sure if how would have, you know, even been a thing because that's what that happens a lot. And I don't think the kids realize that is you can have a teammate who's getting scouted, but if you for some reason you show up on film or at the game, a scout's gonna want they're gonna want to know, hey, who is that kid? Yeah, that's kind of what happened. We were playing Delaware. Delaware had Joe Flacco at the time, and I picked him off twice. And then after that game, uh, NFL scouts started to come in, and they wanted to meet with me. I met with every every single team in the in the NFL, which was which was crazy. Like I said, this was my intention was just to be an you know a student athlete. Yeah, no intentions to play professional football, and ended up getting drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the sixth round after just playing one year of football and. It was just kind of like, I'm, I'm a laid back, humble person. It's still kind of surreal because, like I said, my intentions weren't to for any of that to happen. I yeah. just, I just didn't. I knew if I was going to be a regular student, I was going to get myself in trouble. You know, I, baseball. Even as a student athlete, we went out a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, we partied. You know, some. I would think baseball players are probably one of the biggest partiers. I don't. I've played games hungover. <laughs> I've played one of the best games in my life hungover. Yeah. Um, but well, hair of the dog the next yeah, day. I just don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked out if I was just a student. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have gone to class. You need the structure. Life. You're used to it. You've done it yeah. for you know, fifteen years. Yeah. So yeah, and that's like I said, it was just like a diamond in rough. It it just happened. Crazy. <laughs> you know? Crazy. What'd your mom say when you got drafted? So we had a uh, had a little draft party at my house. Uh huh. And every there was a lot. Of, you know, my mom, my brother. So everybody was kind of expecting it. Yeah. At that point, you'd had enough conversations. Somebody mm-hmm. said, "We're gonna pick you yeah, up." Just wasn't sure when. And you know, mom, brother, cousins, aunts, uncles, uh, girlfriend at the time, Blair. We were all at my mom's house. Blair was there. Yep, we were there. So yeah. you met it in school. Yep, we met at school. Yep. She played volleyball there. Yep, she played volleyball. Yep. Cool. That's a fun story because yep. I've seen those pictures with the girl holding on to the, the guy on draft day, and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know why she's there. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we had a we had a draft party, and, you know, everyone cool. was excited. Everyone, and to me, it was just kind of like, man, like it just, like I said, I didn't show too much emotion. I mean, it was now that I look back at it, I realized that I was very, I'm one of very few. So, I, you know, I tend to, at the time, as you know, as kids when we're younger, when great things happen to us, we don't really dig deep into, like, realizing what we accomplished. So we may know what we accomplished, but the importance of it. You know what I mean? Like, being drafted, okay, yeah, I get, you got so many kids who get drafted, they don't realize how many, like, how big that pool is and that you're one of few who got drafted. Like, no one can ever take that from you type no. of thing. So now that I'm older, I'm, like, I'm starting to realize, like, all right, yeah, like, that that's a huge accomplishment. Regardless if I only played three or four years, it's still a huge accomplishment. It's more than the majority of people play. Yeah. Yep. That's way more than the majority of people yeah. play. So what was the biggest um, biggest jump from college ball to professional ball that really sticks out to you? The speed of the game, 
the speed of the game, and there's not really you either know or you don't as far as, like, the plays. There's no, all right, let's stop, let's walk through that. You know, it's it's boom, boom, boom. And, like, you got to be on your P's and Q's, like, really good or the next man is, is going to take your spot. Everybody's that's, looking that's for a job. Yeah. yeah, it's – it's, and I, I didn't really – well, I want to say – Earlier in my career, I understood the importance of – I knew where I was because I only played one year, so I already knew I was behind the eight ball. Had the athleticism, but had to understand the game. So there was, you know – and I would tell kids now, when you go in there, it's you are competing for a job. It's a job interview the whole season because at any point, they can let you go. Even if you make the roster, they can let you go. So, yes, it's important to – build chemistry with other people, you know, friendships. But at the end of the day, don't don't think twice that that person in the same room with you, sitting right next to you, if he had the opportunity, he would take your job. Like, so you got to, it's, it's always business. It's business. So, um, you know, I had, I kept to myself. I had a few friends here and there, but I was never, like, part of that clique because, I knew, I knew I had to go to work. Yeah, so that's scary. It is. That's stressful. It's very, it's very stressful. Um, people don't realize how stressful. I don't know how baseball or basketball could be, but football, you, you got there's so many football players, so many, and at any point you could be packing your bags and going home. I've experienced that where, hey, we're gonna let you go, and um, well, and then next day I got brought back, which is it's just it's for like, it's for, I don't know, like making room for like they will cut a defensive back to bring in an old lineman. They won't cut an old lineman to bring an old lineman. It just depends on how it goes. So, yeah, it's if you're not that guy, you know. Um, you and every day is, you know, you never know what's going on. Scrapping, yep. And even even those top guys, you know, they get traded. They're getting traded. I mean, obviously they have some idea, but like, you know, you could be sitting in a in practice. Well, I don't even say that. Some guys, if you heard in sports, they get traded. And they don't even know they're uh-huh. on a plane somewhere. <laughs> you got a fan yelling at it. Yeah, it's on the sideline. You go, what? Yeah, it's. Professional sports, man, it's it is. I would say it's it's a grimy world. Yeah, it's, it's grimy for sure. It's rewarding too, but on the flip side, it's it's stressful. It's I couldn't even stressful. imagine. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. So how? So you were in the league three, four years. You get out, um, and then what? What do you do? Yeah, sports have been your life your whole life. That's the tough part. Um, I eventually, for about four years, I played arena football. Fun. Yeah, was that uh, fun? Yeah. So It I looks actually, more fun. Yeah, I actually had more fun playing arena football than the NFL because, one, in the NFL, I just did primarily special teams. I was never, like, out playing defense. Arena football, I was able to always play. Um, I became better. I learned. Um, I got better at certain um, aspects of the game. Excuse me. And the fans, I mean, just they're right there on you. It's a high-scoring high, high scoring game. You're playing in front of 
10, 11,000 people inside arena. It was fun. It was fun. So, yeah, trying to make that adjustment afterwards was the tough part. And that's where a lot of people struggle. Um, and, and I see it. I mean, let's say I stopped playing football in 2010, 2000, NFL 2010. I'm not going to count arena because arena season is from, like, February to August. Oh. And then you can, you know, just come back to go to work if your job allows you to. But being I'm 38 or in 2022, to be completely honest with you, I would say maybe like four years ago when I really like, all right, it's like the adjustment was made. Like not saying that I was still holding on to it, but just like you say, your whole life done something that's been part that's been like your identity and now it's it's taken from you and now you gotta you gotta work you know real work you know sports something i don't say i don't want to say it's not work but it's it's you're playing a sport you know it's yeah it's it's not you're coming in working nine to five doing this um you still have to perform obviously but yeah, now you got to work, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I did some state. I worked for State Farm a little bit. I worked. I've done so many different things. That's because, why I said you're a mystery yeah, man. Because I'm trying to find out what I want to do. You know, that's and that's the, that's the tough part. Is like, what do I want a career? I don't want just a job, and I don't want to get stuck in doing something that's gonna affect me mentally or even affect my household type of thing. You know, a job. Sort of say so. Yeah, I mean, if I had to go back and do it all over again, one, I would, uh, um, I probably would have bought some land mm-hmm. for sure. You know, invested in something where when I get done playing, I can utilize that. So, yeah, I mean, I did State Farm. I've done, I don't even know what else. I've done like ADT. I've done schoolwork done training as far as like defensive back training speed and agility i've done a lot of different things yeah a lot of different things because and then the reason why i've done a lot of different things is because i'm trying to find that right career yeah and at 38 i mean you still have a long time to figure it out yeah um so you you fell in love with crossfit probably about four years ago anyways too yeah about four four or five years ago yeah when did you guys move here uh we've been in pendleton for I want to say our oldest just turned 11. So I would say about six years, maybe. And then when did you, when were you done playing arena football? About the same time? 2014. So that's eight years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, around, yeah, around eight, yeah, eight years. How'd you land here? This is not Pendleton? Hudson, New York. Yeah. So it's Hudson and Pendleton are almost similar. It's a very small oh. town where I'm from. Very small town. Uh, I don't know how we landed here. We lived in Noblesville, and we knew we were going to expand our family. We wanted more house. Um, so somehow, some way, I don't... More house, less payment? Yeah. Blair found Pendleton. We lived over in Summerlake for a little bit. And just kind of, you know, when we had our three kids, it's it's house on house on house on house. And like I said, I'm... Laid back. I like quiet and chickens. Yeah, chickens. 
and there's people banging on your door nonstop. Yeah. And so we had it. We wanted more space, be more in, and for it to be quiet. So we just moved in our new house, um, still in Pendleton. I still don't maybe two years. Yeah. Maybe two years. So yeah. Yeah, you guys bought that at the right time, locked in a good yep. interest rate. Yeah. Yep. Now look at the world. Yeah. So um, so you recently started Mind Over Matter Management, right? Correct. So how did you kind of land into that and talk to me exactly what it is, why it is, and what's the goal? Yeah, so Mind Over Matter Management, it is a, a management business that it works with CrossFit athletes who, you know, well, CrossFit athletes where we're trying to assist them, you know, you know, either with build their brand, you know, help them get sponsors, trying to help them, you know, get products, whatever it may be, where... If you're not familiar with CrossFit, it's, it's an, an expensive sport. All these competitions, travel, hotel, all that stuff. So we're trying to make less of a burden of that so where they can focus on just competing, where we get sponsors to, you know, whether cover their whole hotel fee or some of it. Same thing with travel. And the way I kind of got – I started – I meant mind over matter management. It's kind of a funny story. So back home, I had my own nonprofit organization, which I just recently closed probably about three months ago due to COVID. I haven't done anything since then. So I've been doing it for about 12 years. And with that, I kind of, I fell in love with, because I would always host a celebrity basketball charity event. Yeah. And I fell in love with hosting Events. And when I found out with hosting events, it was a lot of networking, you know, reaching out to sponsors. Hey, can you know, this is what we're doing. Can you sponsor to help, you know, fuel this event type of thing? And I was pretty good at it. And I just and with degree in sociology, sociology, just dealing with people, you know, just talking, networking. It's just one of those things like sports just came natural. So I already had that background experience. The mind over matter mind over matter management came across was last year during the CrossFit Open, I was sick. Okay, and being a competitor and athlete, I still did the open because I'm hard headed type thing. And there was an event, one of the workouts was deadlifts and burpees. Miserable combination. Yeah, it was a miserable yeah, combination. It, it, it went one deadlift, one burpee, all the way up to ten, and then back down. For time? Yeah. yeah. Time. Well, it was time. Yeah, time cap. But what was the weight? I don't remember. One eighty-five, maybe. One eighty-five. Just enough. I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah. You do. Yeah. Ten deadlifts, right back into burpees. Yeah. So, I kid you not. In the middle of that workout, is the phrase. I'm sure you've might have said it plenty of times. I feel like every CrossFitter has said it, is this is stupid. Why am I doing it? Uh-huh. Like, this is dumb. The majority of the time. <laughs> so I'm saying that in the middle of burping. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm done doing CrossFit. This is, stu- <laughs> this is stupid. Like, I'm just done. But being a, as I said earlier, like, I never stop. I always got to finish something. So I finished it. Not the work. I didn't complete the workout, but after the workout, I was like, Man, I just I don't want to do CrossFit anymore. I'm not where I want to be. You know, I had plans of being being here, but 
coming from a professional, being a professional football player and then going to CrossFit, realizing it's a big difference. And I, you know, I thought I could be one of the top CrossFitters because I play professional ball. It's different. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I've been doing it for four years. You know, I'm still not where I want to be, but I want to stay involved in the sport somehow, some way. And man, I'm, I could just like, so me personally, I'm, I'm, I don't care to say it on air. I feel like the best ideas come when you're sitting on the toilet. Yep. <laughs> you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> so I was like, man, I want to, what, what do I have to do to, <laughs> stay involved in the sport, you know, become, you know, I can't compete as much as I want to, but I want to help. I want to help people out. So I came across a manager's page and I was like, you know, that, that kind of looks cool. Like it's something I want to do. Like it's, it's networking. You get to meet a lot of people, stay involved. I reached out to him, asked if they had like an internship. He's like, no, we don't have an internship. Uh, Cooper Marsh is his, uh, his name. And, um, He's like, but I can mentor you. I can kind of teach you what to do. I was like, all right, awesome. I was like, I'll get back to you because I still wanted to think about it. And then I was like, maybe it's something I'll do in a year or so. And like a couple weeks went by. I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump into it, you know, and just learn. And I just went with it. And uh, I believe you, it was May. You helped me set it up yep. as far as everything. So it hasn't even been a full year. We have eight athletes that wow. represent. And you know, hopefully trying to get a little bit more to, to bring on to the team. So it's good so far. How are you building most of those relationships um, with athletes first, and then we'll go into, you know, everybody else? Yeah, so the athletes, CrossFit is, is as big as the sport is. It's really a small community, too. You know, you know a lot, you, you know a lot of the same people. Uh First athlete that I was working with was Haley Hunter. Yep. She goes to the same gym here in CrossFit Pendleton. Um, she's a beast. Um, I, I see what she's capable of doing. Um, she's right there. She's right on the cusp of, like, she's made semis. I believe it was two years in a row, and she's done it teams back in the day when they were doing the, um, I forgot what they were called, regionals or whatever. So, you know, I was like, hey, let me let me help you. Like, let me just, let me just help you, you know, try to build your brand type thing, you know, help put money in your pocket, whether it may be by just product or just help you not have to spend X amount of money. She was like, all right, let's, let's do it type thing. And then I reached out to some other people just through social media that I've been following for, uh, for a little bit and told them what I was looking to do, you know, how I feel like I can help them and kind of just started snowball effect, you know, they, certain people saw that I was working with that certain people saw that they were working with us and then they would reach out and, Hey, you know, you know, I like what you guys are doing. Can I come on board? I mean, we didn't say yes to everyone. So, but that's kind of how it's been going. Uh, there's some athletes that there's only one athlete that I'm working with now that I haven't met in person. Well, I'm going to meet them this week. I'm going out to Vegas. There's a, a competition, and I'm going out there to support, meet him, um, talk to him numerous times, obviously, but yeah, haven't met him in person yet. So looking forward to getting out there and you know just just hanging out and watching him compete, watching him compete, introducing him to people. Yeah. So then, when it comes to brands and supplements and partners and all the other things that come with it, are you 
cold DMing people and saying, "Hey, this is these are my athletes. This is what I'm doing," or you know, kind of. Yeah. When I start, when I started off, yeah, when I started off, you know, just reaching out, you know, just they like said cold DMs. Um, right now, like I say, oh, although I've only been doing it since May, I've built a pretty good relationship with some people. Uh, I know people who know people who put us in. There's several. There are several managers that I know. We kind of you know work together. Hey, I got a contact. I think it would be great for you and your athletes. I'm gonna do an email introduction, vice versa. Oh, nice. When they do that for me as well, so it's it's getting better and better. And going to events, uh, I've been to. I think I went to two semis this year. I've been to the games, and actually going to the events and going to the vendors and meeting them is is becoming. Is is it's working out? Yeah. So you going out there and shaking hands, kissing babies? Yep, Sh- kissing hands, shaking babies. <laughs> uh, you might get in trouble for shaking. Oh well, yeah, shaking babies. <laughs> kissing babies. There you go. Hands. Yep. Don't shake the babies. <laughs> yeah. Don't shake the babies. Well, fun. So what's um what's been the probably the um, most eye opening thing? Because obviously. You know, coming from as a professional athlete, who you know, you likely you had a management system, or mm-hmm. management team. Um, what's it like being on the management side that maybe you didn't realize when you were in it? The, the um, hardest part. I think the hardest part is I'm a big communicator. Um, my pet peeve is people who don't communicate, type thing. And I, some I want to say, all athletes are pretty good. Some of them are young. We have some teenagers, you know, teens that on our uh, on our team. Just trying to get everybody on the same page, I would say, is the biggest thing. Like, it's like the most difficult thing, type of thing. Um, reaching out to, you know, companies is that's I, that's nothing. Like, I've worked sales jobs where I've called the call, and that's not a big deal at all. So, um, I guess just getting all the eggs in order, you know, and just that's kind of like the yeah. hardest thing. Just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page, pulling yep. on the same end of the rope. Yep, that's it. So, as you're looking at 2023, so today is November 9th. Yep. Goals for 2023. What's your big, you know, what's that thing, you're, what's your mountaintop next year? For the business? Yeah. Yeah, so for next year, I would say, you know, we want to, I want to sign, uh, I would say right now we work with, our athletes are right there, which is what I love. I, I didn't want to just go search and work with the top CrossFit athletes, right? Because they were already developed. They're, I started the business, and I, the slogan I use is, you know, build a table big enough so that everybody can eat. Yep. You know, it's, it's not – I'm not doing this just for me. You know, I'm barely even making any, any money at the moment, and which is fine. That's the money. When the money comes, it comes. By all means. But I work with athletes now, like I said, who are right there, you know, just need a little bit more, which is I kind of I see what I see in them is what I see in myself, like type of person, like just need a little bit more guidance. They have the ability. And it's kind of like working with. I know kind of like all over the place, but. I created a scholarship foundation, right? You know, I'm not sure if you applied for any scholarships or anything in high school, you had to have, there were certain criteria, you know, you had to have an A or grade point average of this. My criteria for my scholarship was really just 
see like the most because that's that's who I was. So there were scholarships that I couldn't apply for because I didn't have the grade point average. Yeah. So those those are opportunities that are being missed for other people. Yeah. So with the the group of people that I'm working with, like I said, there's opportunities that they're not getting because they're not the big name athletes. Yeah. And that's who the athletes I want to work with. I want to help build them up, opposed to the athletes who are already there that don't really they they sell themselves. Yeah. You know, they sell themselves type thing. So, but you know, I would by all means, I would love in 2023 um you know, on my side of thing, obviously I'm not performing, you know, I want my athletes to make the CrossFit games. Um I would love to sign, you know, potential, you know, one or two athletes who have been developed and who have been to the CrossFit games already, uh-huh. goes on to the team. And just, you know, just see growth. See growth. I know in business, and I'm sure you know it, you know, you know, it takes a little bit, especially in this type of business, to to start making money. So yeah. I, I get that. Um, you know, as far as your your question about the 2023 goal, really my goal about, I would say, four to five years, maybe six, you know, I would like to be doing this as a full-time, full-time job, like where I can bring in enough money and support my family. Yeah. Type of thing. Do it full-time, yeah. pour into people, yeah, pour back into your family. Even, it doesn't even have to be CrossFit, because by then, right now, you can, I've started even looking into, like, those, those the NIL, like, with college athletes. That's a big that. thing. You can do that as well. Um, I started doing some research. Just Like I said, I got to, I want to find someone who's already doing it so they can kind of yeah. help me understand it. And I think um, your openness to, I mean, it's, Competition is um, it's dog eat dog, right? So, but your openness to learn from other people and ask good questions um, says a lot about you yep. and your humility. I would say because that's the best way to learn. Yeah, a lot of people have too much ego to ask somebody else for help. Yeah, I mean that. I tell people all the time. You know, I, I played after football. I played semi pro football just because I wanted to see how it was. It was, it was a mess. Yeah. I mean, you got some dudes out there who shouldn't be playing football. It is a mess. But there's some also some really good friends, some dudes out there that I've, you know, become friends with and I still keep in contact with. And they they come to me and they're like, man, you, you played professional football. What are you doing out here? Like, like, why are you out here? I was like, one, you know, I still love the sport. And two, what good is the knowledge I have if I just keep it? Like, I want to help. You, I want to help you learn what I learned so you become a better person, a better football player, even a, or a better person type yeah. thing. And like you said, there's people who have so much knowledge, but their their ego, they don't want to share it. Yeah. I mean, what good is it to go to your grave with knowledge where you can help somebody? It's a trickle-down effect. You know, I can help you. Right, and then you can help someone, or the information that you give me, I can pass along to somebody as well, and that's going to help them. And then what they know, it's just going to yeah, it's a trickle down effect. So it goes back to your big table. Yeah, exactly. make a big enough table, everybody can eat. Everybody can eat. It's not not just me. That's the dream. All right. So last question I'll ask you: um, What does mind over matter mean to you? Man, mind over matter means to me. Um, the reason why I picked it is. One, obviously, the CrossFit aspect of it. Um, 
I did a speech. I, I spoke at my high school graduation a couple years ago, and I talked about, and I talked about our, our mind, our mindset. You know, everyone looks at outside. You know, muscles and this and that, which our mind is our biggest tool, our strongest muscle. If you have a weak mind, and it, and it can affect a whole lot of things. If you have a strong mind, and it, it can affect a lot of things as well. So mind over matter means to me is, you know, when things get hard, you know, that's when your mind, your mind dictates, you know, what effort you're going to put in and and also can dictate the outcome. Just, sim- just by a simple fact of you telling yourself, I can do this, or simply telling yourself you can't do that. He said, we are our biggest, you know, naysayers. Yeah. I mean, what we, we tell it, we, self-talk is huge. So, I mean, you got to think about it. Every day, you know, one of my, be- my favorite quotes uh, is good enough. Is when the weak heart stops. I mean, think about that for a second. Like growing up, or even now, how many times have you you've been doing something and you're like, All right, "That's good enough." Yep. You can always go a little, a little bit further, type thing, and that becomes your mind. Like your mind can dictate a lot. I don't think kids realize that. Like the difference between a LeBron and the next player. Yes, he's a very gifted athlete, but it's his mind. Like it's him making up his mind to put an extra work or do whatever is necessary. That's, that's pretty much it. Mind over matter, sir. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Rashad. Yep. Hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.